Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Well, first of all, I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have plans this weekend and eat lots of turkey and spend time with friends and family um, because that's really what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be grateful for the people God has put in our lives. But we're talking about the church I see, and we're going to be talking today about the church I see is a thankful, grateful church that appreciates the fact that we are a church and that uh, we have this church here in this community to change our lives and to help us navigate through our walk with the Lord. But, you know, we, we need to recognize that the church is God's plan. He orchestrated the church to exist, and it's there for us for a purpose. And there have been recent studies that have actually determined that people that attend church uh, go have, are healthier, they're happier, they're more fulfilled, they've got more answers and direction for their lives, more accountability in their lives. So there's lots of things that the church offers us. And so we need guidance. We need direction. We live in a world that's got so many uncertainties. There's, it's so much is going on out there, and we need stability and grounding. In fact, one of the reasons why so many young people are struggling with drugs and alcohol addiction and many are committing suicide and all kinds of things like that is because they have no stability in their lives. They have no constant. They have nothing where they can really build their lives on. And the church offers us that. That's why God instituted us. He created us to know him and to walk with him. And so the church is here to help us so that we can walk victoriously. And so we're grateful. But how many know you can appreciate the church or you could not? Right? And we need to know that appreciating the church is absolutely crucial for us to really get the benefits from it. If you come to church and you're not happy for it and you're, you know, you're complaining about it all the time, then you're not going to get the benefits God has for you in the church. But we need to be able to thank God and position ourselves to receive all that God has us that God has for us at the church and appreciate. I I love to know when I come to church that there are ushers here. I love the ushers. They take care of so many things and the greeters and the musicians and the children's church workers and all the people, hospitality, all the people that play a part. You know, it's so nice to come and see everything's taken care of. How would you like to come to church and none of that was taken care of? And it's just chaos, right? It wouldn't be a very good church. And Pastor RJ and Mary spoke, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, where they were talking about the finding your piece of the puzzle and how we need to plug in and be a part of the church. But I'm grateful for all of those that have done that and that are doing that and are fulfilling their role and their purpose in the church, making this whole uh, community be what it's supposed to be, what God intended it to be. Amen. So we need to be thankful for the body of Christ and recognize that God is here. We're, we need to be thankful to him first, thankful to one another, thankful for the gifts in one another. But how many know sometimes when we come to church, we meet people that rub us the wrong way? Ever done that? Ever been there? Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But those are the very people we should be the most thankful for. You know, with the old... (laughs) Amen. This is one of my favorite topics to speak on is Thanksgiving, and I believe it's part of my life's message and part of the destiny that God has me for to share with this here to people across the world. But the word actually is amazing out there. Gratefulness literally means thankfulness. 
Okay, so what is it that we're focusing our thinking on? The word ingratitude or ingratefulness means, or ungratefulness literally means forgetfulness. Now, I don't know about you in life, but there's times that we do things for individuals, and there's times that we go out of our way to help them and do our very best to uh, make sure that what they received from us was done with excellency and right, and then they never even said thank you. Okay, so ungratefulness literally means a poor return for a kindness that was shown to them. And how many know the greatest work that was ever done was the cross of Jesus? So we as believers need to be within our DNA, I believe is already imprinted, a grateful heart for everything that God has done. As a matter of fact, I believe that all the twisting and perversion in the society today is because we forget about God or we take God out. The Bible says when they knew God, they honored him not as God, and neither were they grateful. And then what happened? They went and they just switched the whole divine order that God had. But I want to share from a different standpoint today on this whole subject of thanksgiving to you. Now, was there anybody here? Now, if you meet any of these criteria, I would like you just to stand when I, when I mention this here. Is there anybody here that's struggling with being uh, patience? Just stand up if you struggle with patience, okay? Is there anybody here that's struggling in the area of relationships that time? Okay, you can stand up. Is there anybody here that's struggling trying to go to sleep at night? You can stand up. Is there anybody here struggling with depression? You can stand up. Here's one for many. Is there anybody struggling with overeating? Okay, is there anybody that would like to be a little bit more happy? Okay, just take a look around for just a moment right now. Everybody look and say, you're not alone in the battle. You can be seated now. Pastor Rick, why are you bringing that up about overeating? Why are you bringing that up about depression? Why are you making fun of impatience? I'm not. I'm just stating something. If I was to give you the answer to the problem, how many would say that's good? Okay, and the answer oftentimes is right before our nose. The answers oftentimes are not complicated. The answers are not reading a whole journal. The answers sometimes are so simple that we actually miss it. Okay, are you ready? Okay, here's number one. Gratitude can make you more patient. Research from Northeastern University has found that people who felt grateful for little everyday things were more patient and better able to make sensible decisions compared to those who didn't feel very grateful on a day-to-day -day basis. And when 105 undergraduate students were asked to choose between receiving a small amount of money Immediately are a larger sum at some point in the future. Example, the students who had shown more gratitude and earlier experiments were able to hold on to more cash. Amen. So in other words, listen carefully. You will have more patience simply when we are more thankful. Now, I would rather learn patience by being more thankful than allowing the tribulation to work patience in me. <laughs> Okay, so there's one of two ways, and I believe gratitude is the simplest way. And then gratitude makes you, improves your relationship. A study in the Journal of Theoretical Social Psychology said feeling grateful towards your partner and vice versa can improve numerous aspects of your relationship, including feelings of connectedness and overall satisfaction as a couple. Feelings, this is the next one. Gratitude 
can help you sleep. Okay, here's what they said. Count blessings, not sheep. Sipala, who is a researcher in the Journal of Psychosomatic Research, has found that feeling grateful helps people sleep better and even longer. And that's likely because you have more positive thoughts before you go to sleep, says Sipala, who wasn't involved in the earlier study, but later got in. She says over here, it may soothe the nervous system. In other words, gratitude will actually soothe your brain and cause chemicals to be released inside of your brain that's going to help you to get a good night's sleep. Now we can just stop right here, go home and say, yeah, let's just go practice that and it's going to be better. But so many times we allow all the cares and all the worries and all the frustrations and all the little things that agitate us the most to steal from our sleep and to steal from our well-being. Gratitude also may stop you from overeating. Gratitude replenishes willpower, says Susan Petrie. And she says, Thompson, a cognitive scientist who specializes in psychology of eating. The concept is similar to the Northeastern research that found a connection between gratitude and patience. Thompson says cultivating feelings of gratitude can boost your impulse control, helping you slow down and make better decisions. Is there anybody here that wants to make better decisions? Is there anybody here that wants to stop overeating? Well, eat, overeating is a decision that we make, whether consciously or unconsciously, and gratitude will help you in all these things. That's why it says, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you, concerning you in Christ Jesus. Why? Because if you're patient and kind, you're going to see the favor of God released on your life. Listen carefully. The spirit of increase is already on the inside of you. God wants you to grow. He wants you to abound. He wants you to increase in his grace, in his mercy, in his forgiveness and his goodness. And the Bible teaches us in Psalm 67, it said, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Literally, it speaks of offering. It speaks about offering a thank offering to God. It says, then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. How many want the blessing of God on your life? How many want the increase of God on your life? He says, offer me an offering of gratitude, of thanksgiving, and then the result is going to be afterwards. How many okay. know what the number one thing that robs you of your gratitude is? <laughs> I, once heard it, I once heard it said, uh, it, uh, pastoring would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> However, if it wasn't for the people, we wouldn't be pastoring, right? So, um, you know, we have to understand that God wants us to learn and he teaches us through everybody you know so often you know when you have a church community like this people come to the church from all different you know all different places all different cultures and we we want to be multi multicultural we want to be multi-generational we have people from all different uh levels of society and and sometimes so people come into the church and they are broken they're you know, beaten down, they're hurting, they've been rejected, they have all kinds of issues going on in their lives. But when they come into a church community, you know, this should be the one place they feel loved and accepted. 
right? And yet sometimes we tend to, you know, want to avoid people maybe that we don't like or maybe they rub us the wrong way. And yet we don't realize that it's those very people that God will use to change us and to <laughs> cause us to grow in our faith and to grow in our relationship with God. And so our job is to love God and to love people. But I remember many years ago when I was pastoring in Mississauga, and that's when the, I really learned this lesson where there was a, a girl that came into our church and she was very dysfunctional. She was very negative. She complained all the time. She wasn't a happy camper and you didn't, you know, nobody wanted to be around her. So everybody avoided her. And there was a time when we organized a skiing trip and, and a bunch of us were going to go skiing and she found out about it and invited herself. And nobody wanted her to come because they thought she's going to really put a damper on this trip. And, and she did come and she did put a damper on the trip. But I remember right after that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me to invite her over for lunch and to get to know her, which I didn't really want to do, but I obeyed God and did it. And I remember when she came over, the Lord told me to ask her to tell me her story. So when I asked her to tell me her story, I was just, God just really, really did a work in me when I heard her story because she was taken, or she was raised by a father that was very abusive in the Maritimes. She was kind of secluded away from everybody, never went to school. She was verbally, sexually, and emotionally uh, abused. That's why she was the way she was. And God began to show me how he had brought her to the church to find the love of God. And, and uh, because we can't sometimes see past people's behavior. Wow. And we don't realize that they are acting a certain way because they're lacking something, something in their yeah. life. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, did God bring them in my life because there's something he wants to show me or something I can do to help them? And so we have to, sometimes we just go by our first impulse or feeling about people and we just push them away. And we miss an opportunity that God has for us. I want to read this scripture in James uh, two, uh, 1 verse 2. It says, Dear, dear brothers and sisters... When trouble comes your way, well, usually when trouble comes our way, it involves people, right? Most of the time it involves people. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for then your endurance is fully developed, and you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many want to be perfect and complete, needing wow. nothing, right? Come well, on. then we have to recognize that the trials and things that happen in our lives or even people that come into our lives are there for a reason. I love the scripture of Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, back when this was written, they used to sharpen iron. Iron was made into weapons. And in order to sharpen the iron, they would grate it with other iron, just like a nail file. And how many know that grating process, you know, is it's being rubbed the wrong way. But being rubbed the wrong way, it's actually sharpening and it. it's making it better and stronger and more useful and more cutting edge for what it's meant to do. And really God says people come into our lives and they are going to rub us the wrong way. But that rubbing the wrong way is designed to make us sharper, to make us stronger, to make us better, to, to cause us to be able to do things, you know, that we couldn't normally do. In fact, the Bible says the word of God is a double-edged sword. And God wants to make us into a double-edged sword. That's right. He wants us to be sharp. He wants us to be cutting edge. He wants us to be able to do things that we couldn't do had we not had that. What, what happens a lot of time in a church, people aren't grateful for that. They're not grateful for everybody in the church. They just like the people they like. Or they make them feel good. Yeah. And so many times people leave a church because they're offended at somebody. That's one of the number mm -hmm. one pe reasons people leave. leave. And when they leave that way, they want, that means they don't want to be sharp. They want to be dull. Yeah. Good point. 
And what will happen is they'll go from church to church, and as soon as somebody else comes around and tries to sharpen them, they get offended and they go. And I can look over the years at all the people that left WCF the wrong way, offended. And if you look at those people, most of them are not doing well. But I can also look at the people that stayed in this church over the years, through all the trials and things that this church has gone, the good times, the bad times, whatever's gone on. And they are people that are blessed. Flourishing. God is blessing their lives. Because when we allow ourselves to be sharpened and we're grateful for the people, even though we may not think they're the best people or maybe we don't like them, but maybe God has them in our life to do something in us, to sharpen us, to help us so that we can be entire and perfect and lacking nothing. We need to be grateful for our church and thankful That's for right. what God has given us. See, the church that Pastor R.J. and Mary see is a church where gratitude permeates the atmosphere. Just like joy and thanksgiving permeates the atmosphere. Come on, church. In the worship time, well, how many know that should be all the time inside of the church? And that's the church that they see. Pastor Brian, could you come up here for a moment? Okay. And I want to show you something here, Pastor Brian. What does that document say there? <laughs> You're getting up in age. M secure. Okay, and what is that? That's where the password is, right? So you hit go, and then guess what happens? It opens it up, right? All your attachments. And so what's in there, Brian? Just just say a few things oh, there. Oh, ARP, password, aeroplan. Uh, A&W coupons. A&W, oh, you got some? <laughs> okay. okay, AARP, Aeroplan, Kathy, Aeroplan, Rick, AGF, Air Canada, Air Miles, American Everything is on me. It took my daughter three and a half days to get in here to put all the information on. You can be seated, okay? But here's the key. I forget passwords that time. So every one of my passwords is all written down. Now a lot of the places have the fingerprint ID. That's great for me because I don't forget that. (laughs) Okay, so I just stick my finger on there and it just opens up my bank accounts and other things. But listen, if I ever forget a password, all I got to do is remember one password and that one password will take me into this document that has all the other passwords in it. So how many can say that's wonderful? Put up Psalm 100 verse number four. Did you know that God also has a password? And it's found in Psalm 100 verse 4 in the uh, Message Bible. It literally says this here. It says, enter into your gates with thanksgiving. So the entering is the very starting point. Your starting point with God, listen very carefully, the starting point, the beginning point, the journey of faith, before your prayers are ever answered, before anything, God says, come before me with the password. What is it? Thank you. Make yourselves at home. Talking prayer. So here's the key. God says, this is how it starts. This is how your relationship with me is going to flourish. This is how your relationship with one another is all going to work. And it's password protected. And the simple password is, thank you, God. Can you all say amen? amen? Ungratefulness means to forget the password. Unfor- uh, ungratefulness means forgetfulness. 
Forgetfulness of what? Everything Christ has done. His cross, his death, his burial, his suffering, the beatings, everything he took on the cross for you and I. We are ungrateful when we forget that. But WCF, the church that Pastor RJ sees, it's not a forgetful church. It's a reminded church. It's a church that thinks on the things that are good and truth and pure and lovely and of a good report. It's a church that won't just sit still. It's a church that's going to move. It's going to be a church that's going to advance. Why? Because it's a grateful people. Grateful for the relationship. Grateful for the marriages. Grateful for the singles. Grateful for the seniors. Grateful for the teenagers. Grateful for the children. Everybody is valued. Everybody is special. Everybody is appreciated. And that's the atmosphere Pastor RJ and Mary are seeing in the house. A house of gratitude and thanksgiving permeate the atmosphere. Go ahead, girl. You know, we need to be thankful for, obviously, God, number one, our family, but also our church, that we have a church. There's many countries where they don't have church. They can't have churches. They don't allow it. And yet we are so blessed that we still are allowed to have church here in this nation and that we can be uh, blessed by all the things that the church has to offer us. And I want to get into a few of those things. But you know what? When we come here with a complaining attitude, you know, some people, oh, it's too hot, it's too cold, the music's too loud, it's not this, I didn't sing my favorite song, you know, I, uh, I had to work in children's church too long, you know, this happened or that happened, you know, we can, we can have this negativity. And murmuring and complaining. And how many know that quenches the spirit? It stifles God from moving in a church. And God wants to bless. Not only that, it influences your children and your grandchildren. And so we have to understand that the church is here for a reason. And we have to, a church is not perfect. We were not perfect. Pastor RJ and Mary won't be perfect. The other pastors aren't perfect. You're not perfect. I know. Are you surprised? But we're thankful for you anyway. (laughs) And we need to be that way for one another. We need to honor one another. We need to look for the gifts in one another. We need to embrace one another. We need to come here with an expectant attitude, an expectant heart that God is going to speak to us, that we are going to get something out of this today, that we have something to give, that God's going to sharpen us. He's going to change us. He's going to move us. But if we come with an attitude, oh, I got to go to church today. I really wish I didn't have to go. Or we have an attitude that, you know, well, why do they do this? And why do they do that? You know, we're just complaining and murmuring about it. How many know you're not going to get blessed? But we need to adjust our attitude so that we can get all the benefits out of the church. And there are many benefits. In fact, the church offers community. It gives us friendships that will help us uh, maintain the values. How many know we have values here? We have things that we know God wants us to do, but we need the support and encouragement of one another in order to do those things. And we, it gives us opportunities to make a difference. How many want to make a difference? You know, we want to make a difference in this world, but you can't do it alone. You've got to be part of a bigger picture. And it gives us accountability so that we can overcome the things that we struggle with in our lives and people that we can make ourselves accountable to so that we don't mess up and, and ruin our lives. It gives us that sense of community, of belonging to something bigger than ourselves and that we can come together and we can have social events. We can enjoy one another. We can grow and learn from each other. It helps us raise our children, helps us with... How many have been helped in your marriage by coming to church? If the church has helped you at all, the church or God in your relationship has helped you with your marriage, raise your hand. There's a lot of hands up right now. How many has it helped you with your kids? A lot of hands up. How many has it helped you just in your personal life? 
You see, that's what the church does. That's what it's for. But it also, uh, it does that personal development in us. So these are all things that the church offers us. But when we come with the wrong attitude and we're not grateful and thankful for the church, if we're not grateful and thankful for our pastors, if we're not grateful and thankful for the people God's put to lead the church, then we're not going to get the blessings that God has for us. And Kim has put together a skit to illustrate this point. Sunday service. Oh. Yep, should be great. Pastor speaking on the victorious church today. Wonderful. Just what I needed to hear. Victory. Woo, woo. What? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with me? There's nothing the matter with me. What's the matter with this place? I get absolutely nothing out of these services. Well, Half the time, you're not even in the service. Service is way too long. Why does it have to be so long? You miss half of it anyway. Where do you go? And there are way too many kids in the hall. Why do I gotta have to have so many kids around here? I mean, they're multiplying like rabbits. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't be in the hallway, but maybe, I don't know, in the service. That's right. Just thought, maybe. Just throwing that out there. Take it. You should take it. It's too loud. Why does it have to be so loud? Everybody's yelling. The bass is too loud. The drums are too loud. The preaching is too loud. It's just so loud. Hey, it's no louder than the wedding we were at last night. It's too loud. It's too long. It's too boring. The people are way too fake. They're way too happy. It doesn't even make any sense. The chairs are red. All they want is your money, and it's way too contemporary. I mean, if the pastor is going to stand up here and preach, he should be in a suit. <laughs> that is so ungodly. <laughs> and I don't get anything out of it anyways. It takes up way too much of my Sundays. It's just irrelevant to my life right now. So why don't you tell us how you really feel? <laughs> it doesn't matter if I stay, and it doesn't matter if I go. So I might as well just go. Where are you going? Uh, somewhere else. But you just got here. What are you running away from? I am not running. I am walking that way. <laughs> why can't you at least give it a chance? coming here for weeks. I have been coming here for months. I've been hanging around this place for way too many hours and I can count. And I, I, I need a break. I deserve more. I deserve better. I just, I, I need a change of pace. What kind of change? I need a change, a real change. A change of pace, a change of scenery. I need a change, change in of attitude. There's a lot of benefits to coming to church. If you would quit complaining, you'd actually get something out of it. Absolutely. Look, no one likes a complainer. I don't like complainers. Linda really doesn't like complainers. And God doesn't like complainers. 
complainers get nothing and go nowhere. You want to start seeing a benefit from coming to church? Stop complaining and start applying the teachings to your life. Mind tell me how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> we have. Come on, let's go. You can sit with us. Come on, hustle. Come on. We my go bag let's is go. too heavy. We're going to be late. Come on, let's go. How many have ever thought about inviting the devil to your house for lunch? Uh, no. Probably nobody in the room. But yet the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 10, it says, Neither murmur ye, and it speaks about a whining spirit, as they murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. 25,000 people died that day. The New Testament, and that's in the book of Numbers, but it's quoted in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in the New Testament. Because murmuring literally is an invitation to the demonic to come into our relationships. Now, I don't know about you, but when Kathy and I were preparing for this year, when Pastor RJ had told us the topic he would like us to speak on the church that he sees, we were in a traffic um, jam the other day. And I said, Kath, uh, I think this highway's closed. I don't know what's going on. Just put on the Waves app, okay? So she put the Waves app on her phone. And it said that there's 22 construction sites right where we're at. 22 different construction sites. And I'm like, thank God we had the Waves app to get us through all the construction. Can you say amen? But how many know at that time, at that time, how many know it's easier said than done to practice gratitude? In life, what I have recognized is the Bible says, let us, in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, 15, let us offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto God. That means there's going to be times inside of our lives that the last thing on our mind is to give God thanks. Come on. And it's not just going to come easy, but it's going to be a sacrifice in our lives. What I have recognized is sometimes it's easier to focus on what we don't have than what we do have. What I've also recognized in life is we take many people and we take many things for granted inside of our life through what we call familiarity. And we don't even recognize till seasons later when we've lost everything and we have nothing left. And then you recognize sometimes the importance and the value of some of those relationships and some of those people. Can you all say amen? Many live in a land of regret because of actually familiarity that they took the gift that God had given them for granted for so long that they actually lost everything that they actually had. But WCF, the church that Pastor RJ and Mary C is a church of gratitude that not enough and shortage and lack, okay, are going to be replaced by abundance and provision. Can you say amen? The church that they see is also Thanksgiving can turn the rejection and the rejected one into a place of acceptance and growth. Thanksgiving can release 
breakthrough where there's blockages. Thanksgiving can take the little and bring it into abundance. Jesus had 12 loaves and 12 fishes, and how many know he took what he had, and he didn't pray, but he actually just gave an offering of thanksgiving, and that thanksgiving sacrifice went up to God, and it multiplied it that there was 12 baskets of leftovers left. The 10 lepers that actually came to Jesus in the book of Luke, it says that 10 of them were cleansed of the disease. They came and they asked God, and he cleansed them of the disease as they went to show themselves to the priest. But the Bible says only one of the 10 came back and gave thanks to God. And not only was the one that came back, was he cleansed of the disease, but he was actually made whole. This God that we serve, tells us that through thanksgiving, it's not just going to be cleansed from our sin, which Jesus did at the cross, but it speaks about healed of our diseases, healed of our fears, breakthrough in the bondages, breakthrough in the area of the soul. It's all provided for, but gratitude is the thing that when released, it gets, connects us with God. The Bible said Abraham in the New Testament was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Look it up and you'll literally see glory and thanksgiving are from the same root word. The thanksgiving sanctified the atmosphere for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. Ingratitude sanctifies the atmosphere for the purposes of hell to be fulfilled in your life. The choice is in your hand. Which one do you choose? You know, God has done so much for us, and we need to recognize that God has given us his word. He's given us the work of the cross, redeemed us, sanctified. he's sanctifying us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his promises. He's given us love, joy, and peace. He's given us the authority over all the works of the enemy. He's made us ambassadors for Christ. The Bible says he started a work in us, and he's going to finish it. You know, I could go on and on and on just stating promises and things that God has said that we can have and that we can do. We are so blessed. We're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out. But when we get our eyes off of what God has done for us and begin to look around at our circumstance and compete and compare with one another, then that murmuring, complaining spirit starts to come in. And it robs us of all of the things that God has done for us. And all of the things that he's, you know, he's, he, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. In other words, every single thing that he needed to do in order to accomplish all the blessings in our lives was, was done. It was already done. It's already completed. And I want to read this scripture in, in Numbers 21. Pastor Rick just referred to it. But you got to understand the Israelites, when they were in Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world, they were slaves. Just like we were before we knew Jesus we were slaves to this world. We were under a curse. And we were just subject to the elements of whatever happened. We didn't have, we weren't able to operate in that authority. We weren't able to operate in the blessings of God. But then in the, God came through Moses and delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, out of that bondage of slavery that they were in for 400 years. And, you know, the, the Word of God tells us that they had to offer a sacrifice and put the, the blood over their doorposts. And the last curse that God put on uh, Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians was the angel of death came and killed the firstborn of every family. But if yeah. there was blood over the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over that house and the firstborn would not die. And that blood represented the blood of Jesus on the doorpost. It, rec- it represented the work of the cross that was to come. Wow. And the good, news us, the good news for us is that blood is over us. Amen. 
Come on, that Kenneth. blood is already over us. And we have the work of the cross. We can always go to it and look to it. Amen. And then God delivers them out of Egypt. And the Bible tells us, if you read it, and I don't have time, but there was not a feeble one among them. They came out with all the riches of the Egyptians. And then they get into the wilderness, and they're on their way to, to the promised land. But you know what? It took a little while. And that's kind of the place we're in right now. God has taken us out of the world. He's given us all the blessings. We have all these things. You know, God's given us everything we need. That's but right. you know what? There's a period of time that we got to walk through a bit in this wilderness. Mm -hmm. But then what happened to them was in verse 4 of Numbers 21, it says, And the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. That's our issue. We get impatient. We get impatient with one another. We get impatient, you know, with God. We get impatient when things don't work out or our prayers aren't answered as fast as we think they should be. We get impatient. And we don't appreciate the things that God has done. We forget what he's done. And they began to speak against God and Moses. So the first thing they do is they speak against wow. God wow. and they speak against their exactly. leadership. They begin to speak against the church authority. And that's how the enemy gets in. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? This is what they're saying to God and their leadership. They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. Well, the manna God was giving them then was, represents his word. It represents his word. That's right. And how often do people in the church, well, I don't get anything out of the word. I don't get anything out of the message. They're complaining. They're not getting anything. It's because they have the wrong attitude. Right. They're not positioned with a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness for what they have. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. You know, the poisonous snakes is that ungratefulness. It's, it's, it's an attitude that we can get, and it brings poison into our life. And it robs us of the things that God wants to bless us. It keeps us from the blessing. It keeps us from the promises. It keeps right. us from what God has for us. And, and the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord make, told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. And all who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. And that poisonous snake on the pole, that snake, represented the sin wow. that was put up on the cross. And every time we start to murmur, every start, time we start to complain against God, or complain against the church, or complain against the leadership, or mm. complain about, against oh, wow. anything, our spouse, our kids, we need to be looking at the cross. Mm -hmm. Because the cross has Good an preaching. ability... To adjust our attitude. And it helps us see things the way God wants us to see it. And we have much to be grateful for because of the cross. Mm. God has richly blessed us in our lives. And as we understand and get that revelation, we have nothing to complain about. That's right. We are a blessed people. We are blessed to have a church. We are blessed to have Pastor RJ and Mary as the lead of this church now. We are blessed to have the yeah, word of God. We are blessed to have right. one another. We are on, blessed girl. to have all the volunteers. We are blessed to have all the classes. We are blessed to have all the things that this church has to offer. You're blessed if you're married. There's a lot of single people blessed here wish they were married. You're blessed if you have children. There's a lot of people that don't that wish they did. We're blessed that we can live in this nation and we need to be praying for this nation that we don't lose the rights that we have as believers. Come on, Amen. We need to stand on the promises of God and be thankful 
to God for all that he has done. And, be, and if we can be a grateful church, what an amazing atmosphere that God can move in. If we can come here thankful for all the people in this building when we come. Is, this building isn't the church. The people are the church. But we're a community that meets together, and we need to be grateful for that community and thankful for every person, even the ones that rub us the wrong way. Because they're the Check. ones God will sharpen us and use us for great things. Amen? Let's all stand together as we break bread together. If you don't have a communion element, kindly get one. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that we have a facility here. I'm thankful that we have a roof over our head. I'm thankful that we have air conditioning, and I thank you we have heating in the wintertime. Can you say amen? I'm thankful that we have a paved parking lot. I'm thankful for so much that God has blessed over the years. But I'm thankful for the future that God has in the future for each. Gratitude is an attitude changer. And today, if you need an attitude adjustment in the area of gratefulness, maybe you've just become familiar. Maybe you've just become complacent in your journey. Maybe you've just become, you know, unfriendly. Maybe you've allowed life to, uh, uh, with some of its hard blows and bad blows, to treat you in a different way than maybe you expected. I'm here to tell you that attitude, uh, gratefulness is an attitude changer for your life. And I want to encourage everyone, listen carefully, to ask God every day to put three people on your heart who you're thankful for and just text them, email them, whatever. I encourage males to do with males as much as possible, okay? And just put in there something you're appreciative for. So I want to activate that right now, just before we break bread together. Everybody, just get to somebody next to you, husbands and wives, single people, other singles, whoever's in your row, just turn to somebody and tell them three things that you're grateful for and then allow them to tell you three things that they're grateful for on the way back. Just go ahead and do that right now. And you say, well, I don't talk to people. Get out of your comfort zone and get right into the real world. Amazingly, when you say grateful things to the person, they usually smile or they just look at you with these eyes because they're shocked at what you said they heard. But regardless of what it is, gratitude is an attitude changer in our lives. Jesus said, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. He literally got into the very face of his heavenly father because the word bread was a priest under law that actually got in with the table of showbread face to face with God. The word bread literally means the bread of his presence or the bread of his face. So it says Jesus got in to the very face of God. And I'm just sensing in the room today, people that have been betrayed. When you go to take bread, bitterness will keep that accuser, the one that had caused you harm, the one that had done you wrong, right, their face will come right up. But God wants you to shift that from 
the face of what was done into the face of Jesus. And in the face of Jesus, there's peace. In the face of Jesus, his forgiveness can flow. In the face of Jesus, gratitude comes out. Just like our Savior, when he was in his toughest moment in the night in which he was betrayed, in violation of trust, a breaking of confidence, in that very moment, he got into the face of his Father and gratitude came out. That's when you know you've connected with God. So, Father, as Jesus gave thanks before the feeding of the 5,000, so we give thanks today for the restoring of our souls, the restoring of homes, the restoring of relationships, the establishing of a fruit of patience, the establishing, Lord, of healthy sleep ethics that we're going to lie our heads down at night and we're going to sleep well and uninterrupted because we're going to have a grateful journey and a grateful log that we're going to be going over in our closing moments. Not what could have, would have, and should have been done, but what you desire to do in us. So as we have the bread in our hands and we partake of this, God, we're asking that you would release every good thing in us that's been deposited in our lives through this blood sacrifice and covenant of Jesus Christ for our lives, for our homes, for our families, and the future of the church. And Father, we agree with Pastor RJ with the first three sessions that he taught about the church that he sees, but it's also a church he sees filled with grateful men and women of every age, every ethnic group, all working together for one purpose, to see harvest brought in, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, and you shed that blood for us so that we could be one with you and one with one another. And Father, we need unity in the body. We need to be grateful and thankful for every part of our physical body, but also for our body, the body of Christ. And you died so that we could be thankful. You died and gave us everything we could ever need. Your promises are all yes and amen. And you promised that you would finish the work you began in us. And so Father, we take this cup with gratitude for you, yes, we do. for what you've done, gratitude for our families, gratitude for this church, gratitude yes, for Lord. our nation, yes, Lord. gratitude for all yes, the Lord. blessings that you've given to us, all the promises and the authority that you've bestowed upon us as your children. So Father, we take this cup and forgive us for grumbling and murmuring and complaining and help us take on that attitude of gratitude so that we can walk in victory and experience all of the promises that you have given to us, that we will not be robbed, but Lord, that we will be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen.